now serving butter and bacon. The good stuff. postseason for baseball yes wait wait what are you talking about close the the real baseball season is in the postseason it's well that's correct so we're getting close to the real baseball season <laughs> this, is, fantasy. this is one of my favorite times of the year for sports well no no we're not talking fantasy that's a different show which we have the fantasy baseball season is in the playoffs yes it is but we're not <laughs> talking about that right now <laughs> but that's I'm, real baseball i'm not yeah. gonna win it this year i'm not gonna win it my team is not good enough i i feel like I'm not that good. I feel that the record is not, not. It's legitimate. Not indicative. But it's not indicative. This Kinda is like, like the Yankees. Uh, it's like I don't the even Yankees. know if I belong on this call. You, you guys are like the. You, didn't you both win the divisions this year? Yeah, we. Both that is correct. <laughs> I'll just sit back and be quiet now. Go ahead, have a show. Well, no, no we I'm have to hear you, about your. Not good. You have to, We have to hear about your two-week matchup with the tap room. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it every year he and I end up against each other? It's so funny. He's convinced you do it. Yeah, that's I, that's that's. Far. I think he actually is convinced of that. I, he is, and Mike, I can assure you, no. <laughs> uh, I, I won't mention that here on Thursday the twenty second. I have a sixty-one point lead. We're, we're not going to mention that because that'll come back no. to bite me. No, it will. You know, much <laughs> like um, and again, I backed into the playoffs, getting thoroughly beaten by Dean. Although I did call the one hundred point Friday. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you you lived up to it. That was awesome. I did. It was like 110 points or whatever, but it didn't matter because I was down by 200 at that point. You're having but a great I, yeah. season, though, both of you. This is impressive. Ah, same to you. No, no, no. We're, we're uh, looking forward to it. Um, looking forward to kind of the stretch run, you know, again, talking about our actual teams. Uh, the Cardinals are running hot and cold, so I have no idea what to expect on the stretch. But they got something like 14 games or something, like 11 games or something like that against the Cubs. So yeah. that's really where it's going to kind of shine through to see if they can make the postseason. Shout out to the Mets as well. Two or three against the Indians. Uh, two game, two wins in a row against the Indians so far. And 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 I'm not exaggerating, like 15 of the last 20 or something like that they've won. I mean, it's something like that. I mean, maybe they yes. have a longer losing streak, but like a hor- hor- horrific start to the season followed by a tremendous end of July and August. And yet here they are sitting in fourth place. It's unbelievable. <laughs> well, because the Braves have everything but a bullpen. Yeah. Uh, now, the Nationals have everything in the regular season, and then they're going to flame out in the first round like they always do. See, always. For, for Scott and me to complain about our team is a lot like folks complaining about a Disney vacation in a way. It's like, yeah, yeah, I really don't feel bad for you at all. You got to go to Walt Disney World. True. Yeah, you know? exactly. I mean, unless there's a real complaint, you know, like Aaron Judge went down injured, then I could have a real complaint as a Yankee fan. Just Aaron but, Judge? Well, he's about the only one who hasn't at this point, given <laughs> what, 16, 18, 25, something ridiculous, guys on the disabled list all, all at once. Not like they have an all star injured list. Yeah, I, I think they currently have 16 guys, and, and yet here I will sit here and complain and tell you they're not a good team, and they have the best record in the American League. So, right, it's it's just one of those things. I mean, Scott, am I wrong? They're they're not a good team. They do not have the capability to win the World Series right now. I'll tell you that they're 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 pitching in a postseason matchup, best of five series, not happening. Even best of seven against let's say let's say they face the Astros in the ALCS, their pitching is not beating the Astros pitching. 
No, it'd be awful. The, the only thing they could do is hope to be like the mid-90s Yankees where the starter is out after five innings and yeah. the Yankee starter hasn't blown it within the first three or four innings and they just go to the bullpen. But <laughs> you can't do that seven times in a row. That's going to be make tough it... against not only Houston, but in but the Indians. Oh, yeah. Justin Bieber. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you, and you've got <laughs> and you got people coming off the DL for the Indians uh, rotation, too. Did you yes. hear about Shane Bieber's baseball card? No. no. Shane Bieber literally has a baseball card. And, you know, the front is your picture and your name. And yes. on the back, they like to put a little write-up, like, you know, Shane Bieber likes to eat tacos when he's in California. <laughs> like that would have something stupid on the back about the, these people. The one on the back of Shane Bieber, I believe it's his tops 2019 card, actually says "and Justin Bieber" something. So, no, you know, like what, the factoid about him it says Justin instead of Shane. No. And so, of course, in their ever wittiness attempt of humor, uh, Tops tweets to him and says, "Is it too late to say sorry?" Oh. <laughs> wow. Love it. That is, that's, well, you know, in the age of social media, can you really expect anything else? I mean, it's better than arguing about chicken sandwiches. It, I don't know. That's kind of funny to watch. <laughs> I like that. You know, along with brands arguing chicken sandwiches, uh, and we all enjoy chicken sandwiches, you know who else enjoys chicken sandwiches, I think, are our listeners. Hi, welcome to Butter and Bacon. We discuss the good stuff of Disney, chicken sandwiches, social media, baseball, and Disney Vacations. With us, as always, is Dean. Say hello, Dean. Hey, everybody. How you doing? And apologies to our vegan and vegetarian <laughs> listeners. Do not eat chicken sandwiches. <laughs> no. Not, not, maybe not even fake chicken. It depends. <laughs> I, don't, I know it's tofurkey if it's fake turkey. And now we've got the, uh, what is it? Not the unbelievable beef. What's it called? Incredible. Incredible. Impossible. Yeah. Impossible. 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 Yeah. Right. So now we've got beef substitutes, so that's cool. I don't know what this So is. for chicken, I'm going to go with Folo. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Judge Folo. Um, with us also, special guest to talk about his Disney vacations is Scott. Scott, how you doing? I am doing well. Hello, everyone. Yeah, so uh, we actually had Scott on before, and the uh, recording ate itself, which is fantastic, because I did not download it. Let's go with that. In time. (laughs) Skype keeps recordings for 30 days. I think I checked in about 48 days later. Yeah, that's not helpful. So we have Scott back again, but we have the benefit of he had a trip in between. Indeed. And I believe we have a uh, Adventures Out There travel, travel agent that helped get that rolling in Dean. So I'm actually going to turn MC duties over to Dean to talk with Scott as I'm driving yet again on Long Island. And I'm just going to listen to this awesome trip report. Awesome. Well, thanks, Polly. Thanks, Scott. And uh, shout out to Amy. Sorry you couldn't join us today. But uh, Scott will, will say something about, uh, I don't know, chicken or something that will reference something that Amy would have at the Polynesian. I don't know. But we'll see how we can work that in. <laughs> Sounds good. But Scott, you had, uh, d- despite your travel agent, you sounds like you had a fantastic trip. So let's uh, let's start at the beginning. And, and I know that uh, when we do these trip reports, we're often trying to find a way to help our listeners plan their trips. Yes. And I, your trip features a special experience that we're going to dive deep into. But uh, before we get about that special experience, talk to us about the, the beginnings. Where'd you stay? Who was traveling? How long did you go? And, and how did you decide on your resort? Yes, well, 
I must say that I every decision about the trip was made with your assistance and guidance. So big shout out to you and to Shameless. adventures out there travel. Shameless so, plugs. Shameless plug, but it's okay. legit. And uh, I would I would make it on any podcast, by the way. <laughs> so uh, thank you for your help. What the stuff we love podcast? Would you say it on there? I will do it on the stuff we love podcast. <laughs> thank you for the plug Scott there. Scott is a podcast host. So yes, yes. Uh, so basically, uh, the trip was in early to mid-August of this year, so just earlier this month. It was originally going to be a nine-night vacation to Walt Disney World, but we were itching to get away, and we actually extended it into a 12-night vacation, which is an extremely long time to be down there, especially in the heat, which we'll get to. But... Uh, Three nights of the trip, we actually stayed outside of Walt Disney World. This is at the beginning of the trip. We were over at the JW Marriott in Orlando, which for those that haven't stayed there is probably about three miles, give or take, from the entrance to Walt Disney World. Beautiful hotel, high-rise hotel with great pool, lazy river, just an old-school, classic Florida-type resort. So that was a wonderful hotel. But the vast majority of our trip, was over at the old Key West Resort. We stayed there for nine nights. I was with my family in a one-bedroom villa uh, on the property of old Key West. It was my first time staying at the hotel, so I was very excited to check that out. And as we'll get into, over the course of those nine nights, we made multiple visits to the theme parks, uh, had great dining experiences as well uh, in the theme parks and also at Disney Springs. And we, uh, att I attended, I should say, another one of the After Hours events over at Animal Kingdom. It was, I think, the sixth After Hours event that I've been to uh, at combination Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom, three of each. And uh, that's a broad overview of the trip to, to start us off. Yeah, and Paul, he, he's not exaggerating. Like, when we first started talking about the trip, he's like, yeah, I think we're going to go for, like, a, a week in August. Let's get some rates. So we started talking about different resorts. And then he comes back. He goes, you know, Dean, I've been talking it over, and, and we decided we're going to extend it out to uh, nine nights. Okay, so I got my flight. Let, let's book for nine nights. And, and can you help me out with Magical Express? So we get Magical Express set. And then he comes back, and he goes, you know, we're actually uh, we're not going to need that Magical Express in the beginning. We're actually going for 12 nights. <laughs> Yes. So we're gonna have a we're gonna have a different stay for the first three nights. So uh, you know we'll, we'll, we're gonna cancel that first part and just get over ourselves over to uh, Disney World. So I was yeah, actually yeah. down there for eight years. I'm now just returned home. <laughs> I just kept extending the trip. We started. Yeah, the recording that I was talking about Skype was actually Skype 1.0, and uh, we were recording on our, our iPhone twos. So, yeah. Scott is live from the NBA experience right now. <laughs> By the way, I went to the uh, gift shop of the NBA experience my last night there. I didn't do the actual experience, but the gift shop is awesome. If you're oh, an really? NBA fan like we all are, lots of stuff to purchase. Let, let's try to uh, assuage Amy's upsetness over the uh, recent DeMarcus Cousins developments oh, by telling man, you her had to bring it up by telling her about the gift shop. I mean, is the gift shop worth a visit? You can get, obviously it's something you can get there without having to do the experience. So how, how does that work? So uh, there's they definitely sell many products that you can get online stuff that has nothing to do with the Disney aspect of uh, hosting the NBA experience. They sold a lot of clothes from Mitchell and Ness, the clothing company, which you can certainly order online. There were photos of NBA players ranging from retired players like Michael Jordan to I think they had some Steph Curry photos that people could buy. All of that is not unique to the NBA experience. But what was unique to the NBA experience were uh, magic bands that they were selling there connected to the experience. 
They had uh, pins, I believe. I know there was a limited edition Mickey Funko uh, toy uh, of him dunking a basketball, which was limited edition and sold out. It wasn't there when I was there. But they do sell That's several cool. products. Yeah, that was cool. I, I wanted to get that, but it was sold out. But there I would have had Goofy on that, there. though, instead of Mickey. I feel like Goofy Sports is more of a thing. Yeah, Goofy than... would have definitely fit more into the theme. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. He's taller. About it. Uh, but the gift shop was, it's a Mickey's big space. A, Mickey's a shooting guard. <laughs> Mickey's a below-the-rim player is all I'm saying. Uh, yeah, way, way below-the-rim. Mickey, <laughs> Mickey is Muggsy Bogues. There you go. Nice. A name from the past. Mick, Mickey is Glenn Rice. Spud Webb. Spud, Spud Webb. Webb, whereas Goofy is more like Dwight Howard, Amy. <laughs> Salt I'm going to get moon. in trouble. For Salt I'm moon. Getting, I'm in trouble for that one later. <laughs> I'm already in trouble for mentioning cousins, so just, just pile right. on at this point. Well, I, I, I can't let you have all of the ire. There you go. But uh, the gift shop itself, it takes up a big space. It's actually uh, one of those high ceiling gift shops. And they have statues on display, not of any particular player, but sort of generic statues wearing NBA jerseys. So people were posing next to uh, the statues. The only drawback to the gift shop that I found was that they sell basketballs and people were just running around the store dribbling these basketballs, oh, which was kind of... Uh, that would get fast. <laughs> yeah. Kind of random and unexpected. It's like you're... In the middle of the NBA experience without paying for it and not, not, well, not know, enjoying it's, it. It's a return of the Balzac area in the, the old inventions <laughs> in Communicore. <laughs> right. That's right. Uh, but it was a, it's a good place. I'm going to definitely go for the whole experience when I, I'm back down there for work next year. I'm going to go there for a night. So I'll report back to you on that. And an easy boat ride from where you stayed. Yeah, that was one of the reasons. We, were, we had originally intended to stay at the boardwalk which is obviously, for those that know it, a wonderful hotel in a prime location. One of the reasons we switched to Old Key West is because we spend a lot of time at Disney Springs on our vacations. And uh, Old Key West is one of the few hotels on property that has a boat ride to Disney Springs. Now, one thing I didn't think about being in Florida in the summer is that there are plenty of times where that boat ride was not in operation because of storms in the area. But when it was in operation, it was a very nice boat ride. It took about 10 to 15 minutes, give or take. And it drops you off right outside the boathouse, which is my favorite restaurant in the world, having been there a bunch of times. I stand and, with uh, Boathouse. It's a great place, great restaurant. Uh, and I do, Has the menu changed? Other than the specials that they would have on any night, if I recall correctly, they did have some of those. No, it hadn't changed. But one That's thing I did, I did do, Dean, based on your recommendation, I finally tried their hamburger. <gasps> what did you think? top hamburger one of the top burgers on property there you go i believe that's what dean said yep that I is love. a good burger and that's one of the things i love about the boathouse obviously they're known for their seafood uh and i highly recommend every seafood dish i've had there over the years but also their steaks because they're affiliated with the gibson steakhouse chain yeah, based out of chicago yes phenomenal i've never had a bad steak there and i've probably had steak about five times there and i love that them. that's interesting i would think of it as a steakhouse that serves good seafood and you're, you're going seafood first, but they have a good steak. And you're probably more accurate, given that their name is Boathouse. Yeah. <laughs> I've to always me, gone there and gotten steak, so I always think of it as a steak restaurant. <laughs> to me, they focus more on the seafood. No, you're uh, not wrong. You're not wrong at all. Yeah, and, and I mean, just thinking of my own meal, I mean, I, I definitely got the surf and turf, I believe. Or if I didn't, I got a seafood side to go with my steak. Right. But, I mean, the appetizers were all seafood-related, and then, yeah. um, you know... The, 
and like I said, the main course to go with the steak, you know, I definitely got an accompaniment and got shrimp. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is it is interesting how, just based on your perspective, how that might change. But that just goes to show you, Boathouse is great for everything. Everything. Can't go wrong at the Boathouse. And they also have a great gift shop. Tremendous gift shop. Lots of stuff that's unique to the restaurant. And they also sell a lot of other products that are not Boathouse products, but just kind of affiliated with nautical theming, which is really cool. Yeah. And one of the things that we got when we went, we got caught in a torrential downpour, which, again, I thought of drunk at Disney because the guys out on the bar on that pier, yeah. they were hunkered in. They were perfectly fine because of the overhang, but there was no way they were leaving the bar. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and we bought Boathouse ponchos. So now those are the ponchos that are rolled up in my camera bag. So our next trip, as we're walking through Epcot and we get caught, we will be wearing boathouse ponchos, not Mickey Mouse ponchos. Do you get a discount on your meal for wearing the uh, promotional ponchos? Have not thought of that, nor tried, but it sounds like something that I would definitely try and get shot down immediately. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, but the boathouse was tremendous, and we did love taking that boat to Disney Springs. It's a very, it's it's different. You know, it's it's different. We had a rental car there, and we did drive a couple times when it was raining very badly, yeah. uh, but from just an enjoyable experience if if you're not going to drive yourself the boat is a very nice way to go absolutely do you have a uh, favorite parking garage which is again going to be a controversial statement it is either lime or orange i've not parked in the grapefruit uh it, i've been there so much i'm kind of familiar just off the top of my head with the layout of disney springs i usually yeah. park more nowadays i kind of park more in the orange garage mm. and i say that just because of a few of the meals we had were very close to there uh, but if I had to choose orange or lime, I say lime is my number one. All right, you stand with lime. I stand with lime. Why I couldn't tell you because they all look the same, but <laughs> but I, I stand with lime. I they're also not that far apart from each no, other. They're, it's they're, not like you're... <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like was it grapefruit is like an extra half mile walk. Right where it is. The other two, but, uh, are like the, the whole controversy over which is better which, is just hysterical. Which is why it's so funny. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're both they're the same thing. The technology in the parking garages is an underlooked aspect of Disney Springs. The fact that when you turn into a onto a floor at the garage, that there's a sign up telling you how many spots are available, and down to each individual row telling you what spots are available in terms of the numbers open spaces. That's that's phenomenal. I, so I know great. is that that's not Disney Imagineering, right? Is that is that Disney or is that a that separate? That is not. I've been to a couple other parking garages that have that kind of technology. Yeah. I want to hear but, about Galaxy's Edge, but more I want to hear about the parking garage system. Right? <laughs> yeah, that, that's the title of this, is Where to Park Your Millennium Falcon. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, Smuggler's Run is good, but tell me about the Lime Garage. <laughs> well, I mean, Lime was the correct answer, by the way. Just, Thank you. Thank just you. so we're all clear. <laughs> I'll mention a few other uh, positive things about the old Key West Resort, if I may. If you do go to Disney Springs, as I mentioned, it is a very nice hotel to stay at. It's close by. Uh, the property has more of a laid-back feel than many of the other Disney resorts. Uh, the parks were crowded, throngs and throngs of people, and it gets tiring, not surprisingly, especially in the heat. And there's something to be said for coming back to your resort and not dealing with a million people at your resort. Uh, many of the other properties are just bustling 24 hours a day. That's not the case at Old Key West. You come back to your property, to your resort, and... Depending on the hour that you arrive, you may not see many people at all. And if you're like me and had a rental car, one of the benefits is that you can park 
right in front of your room. The rooms are in individual buildings. It's a very spread out resort. So you park your car and you walk right into your room. It's really a very nice setup. The theming, I think, is also very good at the property. Uh, not surprisingly, it's themed like Key West. The colors on the buildings are very Florida-esque. They, they, it's a very beautiful-looking resort. Uh, if you're like me, I happen to enjoy being near lakes and bodies of water, and there's plenty of that at Old Key West with nice fountains mixed in there. Uh, the hospitality house area it's not you're not going to get a grand lobby it's not like you're staying in animal kingdom lodge where you walk in and your jaw drops in at the massive size of the lobby it's a small lobby uh which to, to me is actually I, I wasn't crazy about that i would have preferred a larger lobby but there's something very tranquil and welcoming about a hospitality area where there are games set up uh a little bar i forget the name of it the gurgling gurgling suitcase, suitcase. Yeah. Gurgling suitcase. Uh, which uh, was Following very small. Following the fine tradition of non-sequitur names like Correct. Whispering Canyon and Roaring Fork. Roaring Fork. <laughs> well, uh, the, the positive is that the drinks there are good. The drawback is that there's barely any seating. So yeah, you got to keep that in mind. Uh, but those are some of the positives of Old Key West. The, the boat to Disney Springs, of course, being, for me, I think the biggest positive. Yeah. yeah. So you, you hit there. on one of the things that I've always commented here is there's a big convenience to be able to literally, like you said, park your car almost in front of your door at your yep. resort room. Right. That's also a negative if you like that lobby communal walk through my resort experience because you don't get it there. You could very easily fall into the habit of wake up in the morning, get in your rental car, go for the day, come back to your rental car, go right back into your room and forget that you're on a resort. That's right. So, yeah, that's right. It's one, of the, it's one of those things, too, that, you know, you talked about that you had uh, – going to stay at boardwalk it's nearly the antithesis yes of the experience because the parking lot for boardwalk is tiny and nowhere near any guest rooms right <laughs> that's true <laughs> so it's like all right so i park and then i gotta walk 10 minutes to get to where my room is and then depending on where you are if you're staying in the villas <laughs> where you're if you're staying near disney's hollywood studios near you know past the tennis courts all that way you're actually really close to where the parking is, but it's still, you can't get there from here because you they won't let you cross that street right no, the crosswalk. No, no. Yeah, so you yeah, got to no go all the way around to where the bus is and then cross over. That's but, right. But yeah, I mean, it's so really, it depends on what you're looking for. If you are a hop in the car and go, you do kind of lose, I, I agree, Dean, you, you do kind of lose that I'm on a resort feel because you are 45 seconds from your door to your car door. But if you're not driving, I could see how Old Key West would be because of its spread out location. And Saratoga Springs is the same way. Yes. My parents kind of complained about that because we would always take the buses. Many internal stops. And, you know, if you're not driving, what's the point of having parking real close to your room? It doesn't matter. Right. Right. It's um, the last day of the, the last evening of the trip. I had returned my rental car earlier in the afternoon because we were taking the Magical Express service to the airport, and we took the bus service at Old Key West, where, like you talked about, Paulie, there are multiple bus stops on the property. And the bus came later than expected, made multiple stops on the property, and it took us an hour to get to the Magic Kingdom. It was very yeah. frustrating. So that's, um, you know, for me, it's, it's a personal choice. Dean, as you know from helping me with my trip last year, Again, another plug for adventures out there. I use you guys. Is out there travel. Sh shameless, shameless. So I was over at the Animal Kingdom Lodge last summer, and just this is me personally. For all of the nice 
peacefulness over at Old Key West. I happened to really like every time I came back to my hotel, going through those uh, automatic doors and seeing that grand lobby. That's just there's something majestic about it, which I personally prefer. Uh, but this was very nice too, Old Key West in that sense. So it's just a personal preference type thing. And you cannot beat your room size at Old Key West. Yeah, we stayed in a one-bedroom villa, and uh, that to me was the best thing about the resort, actually, the size of the villa. You walk in, you have an enormous kitchen. They were recently renovated. Everything was up to date. Uh, What I really liked about the kitchen area is that it fed right into the living room, and you had a giant, I'd probably say it was a 50-inch flat-screen Samsung built into the island in that kitchen oh wow neat so if you go online you look at some youtube videos of a one-bedroom villa you'll see what i'm talking about it was awesome and then the bathroom was tremendous they had a very nice sized uh, tub in there and then the bedroom was also very nice kind of plain i would have preferred a little bit more theming in the actual villas to be honest with you but in terms of room size you can't beat that and there were two entrances to a little outdoor patio uh, that overlooked the lake that was right next to our room. So that's just, uh, you're not going to get that at a lot of other Disney properties. And you get washer dryer because you're in a one bedroom. Washer and dryer, which we definitely used. And, you know, at home, I hate doing laundry. And so does my wife. But on vacation, I didn't mind doing it because it was cool that it was in your room. You know, it's like, yeah, exactly. oh, look, it's here now. It's here now. It's, <laughs> well, look well, what we have in our that, room. And I don't know if you fall in the same pattern kind of we do. We end up doing like two loads a day. Um, and it, and it makes it a lot more manageable. Now we're only three people, but you know, you kind of put into the washer, the wash, and then you go out and have breakfast or whatever. You come back, put it in the dryer and then you leave. And when you come back, you take it out of the dryer, you put the next load in, you know, as you go out to dinner, you know, and so on and so forth. And it makes it a lot more manageable. I think a, cause you're not at home, but B it's not the endless task of folding and putting away. Yes. So, yeah. I, it, I agree it, with that. It ends up, you know, like, like you said, you had a long stay. I've had long stays. I know, Dean, you've had long stays. It makes it a lot easier with that laundry service when you can only, when, when you can pack for maybe a third of your vacation yeah, uh, when yes. it comes to clothing. It's one of the top benefits of staying at a DVC property, that uh, the laundry, the washer and dryer. You can't beat that. And you're absolutely right, Paul. You don't need to pack everything that you normally would for an extended stay because you have access to those machines. Especially in the summer where you're going through a couple shirts a day. Yeah, so uh, speaking of that, I have to tell you that... <laughs> yeah, I heard, I heard you went in the summer. It might have been a little warm. Uh, it yeah. was warm. It was definitely warm. <laughs> it Now, look, I knew it would be warm. I've been there in August before. It's not like this is breaking news that I wasn't aware of. This was not I, your travel agent advised you of the condition. Just so you know, it's August, by the way. It gets hot. <laughs> there, were, there were plenty of disclaimers that Dean gave me just so that you know wanted to make you aware uh, it's going to be a million degrees but i have to tell you even though i w- i had experienced the august humidity before maybe it was the length of our trip but at, at a certain point it did begin to get to me uh, there was one particular morning where we were at animal kingdom which obviously is the hottest park uh, and i actually began to feel sick i didn't get sick i was able to to be they fine but they make it well, hotter on purpose they make it hotter on purpose that's the safari experience right there but uh, I have to tell you that we got there and we only stayed a couple of hours because I was feeling dizzy. I was feeling uh, just not good. And by the time we went on the safari, which was our final. Yeah, we were on the final attraction of the morning for us, the safari. And I couldn't even enjoy it. Not because I felt I I, I didn't feel sick at that moment because I was seated and 
the bumpiness doesn't bother me of, of the vehicle, but you know, I'm covered in sweat and I'm sweating on the ride. And it, to me, it's just distractions from the actual ex- attraction itself. So that, that is the day that I really began to be affected by the heat. But the rest of our trip, we balanced it out because we were down there for so many nights. We never felt any pressure to be in the theme park for tons of hours per day. Yeah. What, what we ended up doing was getting there either at opening or close to when the park would open. We would stay there until around 12.30, 1, 1 p.m., maybe 1.30 at the latest a couple of days. And then we would come back. We would either go swimming or we would do an indoor activity. Uh, and then we would go out in the evening to either one of the theme parks or Disney Springs. And even though the sun is down, it still is humid in the evening. You're still going to sweat walking around, but it's not like being outside at 10 in the morning. Uh, I would say it's actually pretty easy to be out at night, uh, even though you're going to sweat. Uh, but that you can't minimize the effect of the heat on people's vacations to Disney in August. You need to be, I wouldn't avoid it, but you just need to be prepared for it. You have to stay hydrated and uh, make sure that you're not outside 100% of the time, including your visits to the theme parks, plenty of indoor attractions as well. That's my advice based on experience there. Uh, yeah, that I sun agree. beats down on you, no question. Now, did, did you guys do anything? Like, did you bring your own water bottles? Did you order cases of water? Did you just buy it on the fly? Like, what would you do for uh, hydration? Well, uh, Dean, having lived there now for eight years on this vacation, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we did actually make multiple visits to Publix. Uh, we were probably went the two to three times over the course of our trip. There's plenty of supermarkets right near the Disney property. And what we did was we stocked up on water. Uh, the fridge in the one bedroom villa was great. It really was a nice refrigerator. So we would, it's a real good size. So we, uh, kept plenty of bottles of water in there. Uh, I didn't bring them to the park. Uh, in the park, I would usually tend to buy the water. So I would make sure to make sure it was cold. Um, but just stayed hydrated over the course of the time. And we had several meals in our room rather than go out and spend the money, particularly earlier on in the day. We would have some breakfasts in the villa just to save the expense of going out to eat. Not every day, but some of the days. Yeah. Now, for this trip, did you get a length of stay ticket or do you have an annual pass? I personally have an annual pass uh, because of the number of days that I'm down at the theme park for vacation and also sure. the, the number of days that I'm in Orlando for work. Uh, you know, I, I to, yes, I'm down in Orlando for work, but I always make a point of going to the theme parks when I'm there. So for me, it made sense to get an annual pass. For everybody else, my wife did have an annual pass, which actually expired when we were down there for our vacation, and it didn't make sense for her to get another annual pass based on the number of days she's going to be there over the, the next year. Yeah. Uh, for everybody else, we got uh, tickets based on the number of days. Yeah, well, the reason I ask is uh, I was wondering if you partook in uh, water parks during your stay. Uh, not on this trip. Uh, I had been on a previous trip to Volcano Bay over at Universal. Yes! This is uh, out of this world good. It's an amazing place. Uh, but no water parks here. And the Old Key West pool, even though I wasn't crazy about it, they do have a real good water slide, I must say. So yeah. we had used that a lot. But no water parks on this trip. Okay. Yeah, I was just wondering because, you know, that is another way that we that we go to beat the heat. That, and it sounds a little incongruous to go to a place where people get tanned to cool off. But you can spend nearly your entire time in water or underwater. Yes, absolutely. And no matter how hot it is, it could feel like 110. You could be in the water and, and it really does help out. You don't feel it. Yep. Um, so I highly recommend more, uh... that. 
How about some more dining highlights? We talked a little bit about yes. some of the, the meals you've had, but, uh, you know, well, over your eight years, I'm sure you've had uh, enough uh, <laughs> opportunity to probably eat at every place that Walt Disney has to offer. Well, let's focus on just that August week. And uh, okay. what, what were uh, some things that stood out or maybe some things that even surprised you where you're expecting one thing and got another? Okay, well, I'll begin by telling you that for a few meals, we actually went to Chick-fil-A, <laughs> which I know is not a Disney restaurant. But we went there for lunch a couple of days. and I'm going to bleep out the name because that's off topic. No. <laughs> anyway. Don't you have Chick-fil-A in New Jersey? <laughs> we yes. had one just open up by our house a couple months ago. We had, There was no one close to me. You're, but... you're breaking my vacation. Well, you don't eat at places you can eat at home when you're on vacation. I know. I know. It's, it's a bad Spicy thing. chicken or regular chicken? Both, but I prefer spicy. So in terms of the Disney meals, I'll give you some, <laughs> I'll give you some, some highlights here. Uh, let's turn to the Disney Springs restaurants because we went there, as I mentioned earlier, seven of our 12 nights while we were there. Uh, the boathouse we went to on two different occasions. Uh, it was great on both occasions. One night I had the burger, like I mentioned. The other night I had the crab cake, which I highly recommend. Uh, another gem of a, of a dish there is the lobster bisque soup. Mm -hmm. which I had on both occasions, even though it was a million degrees outside. I still love that soup so much. Some people don't like to have hot soup in that type of weather, but it was out of this world good. Yeah, soup at 110 oh, no, no. degree weather. This podcast is all about the hotter it is, the more soup you want to get. That's the way to do it. That's why I so love this podcast. You're inside an air conditioning. It doesn't matter what it is outside That's when right. you're eating that is It's true. like you're walking around Animal Kingdom with your hot, delicious <laughs> bowl of lobster bisque. <laughs> You know how Disney gives out the free water? If yes. you go into, you should go up to some place when it's a million degrees and say, "Hey, can I get a lobster bisque for free?" <laughs> I'm thinking that would be a great YouTube series. Yes. Literally walking around Walt Disney World with soup and ask people if they want to try some. On a hot August day. On a hot August day. How about the rest of, of uh, Disney Springs? I know that there are a few of my favorites down there. Well, I want to hear which yes. ones you hit. Well, we went to Homecoming, Shepard Smith's Homecoming, another night. And uh, I'd been there multiple times. I love it every time I go. Great food. I had the pulled pork dish. Most people think of that place as being a fried chicken place, and the fried chicken is remarkable there. Uh, but I had the pulled pork dish, which I highly recommend, along with the deviled eggs appetizer, which was delicious. Very, very good. Then, Sounds good. Yeah, it was, it was great. And I got then, myself in trouble on Twitter uh, last week. It was last week, week before, um, because I was talking about how I went to, uh, Art Smith has a place in Grand Central I don't know if you've ever been there and I got a oh. chicken sandwich and an iced tea and it cost $19 <laughs> so I was yes. like if, if you're offended by Disney World prices I mean don't just don't come to New York City <laughs> well right. I'll tell you that it's funny you say that Dean because living in the Northeast and being familiar with the pricing up here I think it does make us better able to not flip out when we see the Disney pricing because nothing is more expensive than things that's here. true yeah, I can absorb a $14 hamburger. Right, right. So that's one of the benefits, I guess, of living in this part of the country. You kind of get used to the crazy prices. The, the sticker shock's not quite as strong. Right, that's right. So other Disney Springs meals that I recommend. We went to the new Wolfgang Puck place, mm. which I had heard good things about from somebody that had been there, and I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, I had the burrata appetizer. Yes, which was served in a pesto sauce, just delicious. And then I had a roast chicken dish, and my wife had the salmon. Uh, the food was really of a high quality. 
The service was extremely good. And I like the feel of the restaurant. It's a open air, high ceiling place, just very comfortable place to eat. And they actually, while I didn't go there, right outside the restaurant, they have a quick service place where they serve gelato. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I did not know that until I saw it. So that was pretty interesting. Uh, Now, a restaurant that I went to this trip that I also enjoyed and that I didn't enjoy when I went there the first time a few months ago was Maria and Enzo's. Uh, Maria and Enzo's is an Italian restaurant that opened up at Disney Springs. And the cool thing about it from a theming perspective is that the main dining room looks like an aircraft hangar from the, I'd say it's the 1960s. And it's enormous. It's a, it's a tremendous sized uh, dining room. I wasn't crazy about it when I went there for the first time. But this time around, I had the chicken parmesan. And uh, I loved it. It was out of this world good. Highly recommend. And we hung out there while there was a massive storm outside. So we waited for that to pass. And it was a very comfortable uh, environment to just spend some time in. Uh, I'm trying to think other places we went to when we were there. Because I know there were others. Oh, Wine Bar George. My wife oh, and I went there. Oh, I haven't been there yet. Wine Bar George. So my wife and I went there on our anniversary. This is uh, an anniversary trip. And the night of our anniversary, 10 years. So it was a special occasion. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. So... This meal, because it was our anniversary, we went all out. We ordered for appetizers the burrata, first of all. We're big burrata fans. I'm and sensing a theme. It, it's, 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 it was Nothing a trip for burrata. Uh, and I must say that all these other tables around us were also ordering the burrata. It's probably their most popular <laughs> dish. And deservedly it's a so. a sea of burrata everywhere you look. <laughs> That's right. I go to Disney for the burratas. But uh, it was tremendous. We also ordered a cheese plate appetizer, which they serve with four different types of cheeses, small pieces of toast, and uh, a honey uh, sauce that tastes a lot like jelly. It was really, really good. And then we had as our main option. we record at lunchtime? We always do this. (laughs) We always do, and I haven't eaten yet. uh, Thanks, Scott. Well, just listen to what I'm about to say, because you'll get even hungrier. So we had as our entree a skirt steak for two, served in a chimichurri sauce over asparagus and roasted potatoes. Again with the chimichurri. Is it chimichurri? I said that wrong? Yeah, chimichurri. No, it's fine. This is the third episode in a row. We're talking about chimichurri sauce. (laughs) So uh, it was really great. better when he said chimichurri, though. That That was good. Well, it's you know, it's, it's working in the Dick Van Dyke, Mary Poppins references. That was a Mary Poppins Easter egg for our listeners. <laughs> but um, I, it was just tremendous. Now, you would think being at Wine Bar George, we would have a glass of wine. But as crazy as this is, we actually did not have a glass of wine. We ended up having drinks at the boathouse outside bar later that night. So, uh, But it was Wine Bar George I highly recommend. It probably flies under the radar for a lot of people. Uh, because they don't think of it as a restaurant restaurant. They probably look at it as, more as a bar. Yep. The drawback to it is that the menu is kind of limited. There's only a few choices on the menu. But the quality of the food was extremely good. So I, I do recommend that. Uh, particularly for adults. I don't know how much there is for kids on the menu. But for adults, it's a very nice place to go. Very comfortable environment. Uh, and then uh, in terms of the Disney Springs, we also went to Ghirardelli for ice cream several times. We enjoyed nice. that. Where the we samples had to, back. Um, I just went right to the ice cream place because there is a limit <laughs> as to how much I could eat. That's true. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to tally up, you know, not, not calories because you're on vacation, but just right. from, from a mass perspective. 
your dinner yes. and then your drinks and then your dessert. Yeah, the night of our anniversary after going to Wine Bar George, as I mentioned, we had a drink at the boathouse and we also had like 10 shrimp cocktail as well. Oh. It was an all out night. And what I love about the boathouse shrimp cocktail is that they serve it over a bed of shaved ice with cocktail sauce with a bit of horseradish in the middle. It's it's really, really good. That's good because then you can kind of control how spicy or not spicy your cocktail sauce is. Exactly. That's, That's right. And for those that like to uh, partake in a little bit of drinking here or there, I do recommend the blueberry lemonade over at the boathouse. I don't know if you guys have had that. Have but no. it's it's my favorite drink on Disney property, believe it or not. Really? Uh, my wife makes fun of me because I order a lot of girly drinks sometimes. And it is kind of a girly drink in terms of what people think of as girly drinks. It's very sweet. But I really don't even know everything that's in there. I looked it up and I forget offhand. <laughs> but it it goes down easy. And so you're on vacation. If they put an umbrella in it, there's nothing wrong with that. That's I right. i got to tell you, we have a wide range and varieties and styles and tastes. Nick also gets made fun of a little bit because he prefers his drinks to be in a shade of pink. Yes. <laughs> um, I prefer my drinks to be in a shade of liquid. And I think <laughs> uh, Dean uh, somewhat agrees with my palate. Listen, it's a, it's a beverage, okay? Oh. Does it come in be... a container that I can <laughs> as drink? As long as yes. it's good, I'm not going to be discerning. If you want to exactly. throw me a straight bourbon, that's fine. Yes. <laughs> you know, if you want to give me something that has three fruits and, and some vodka in it, that's okay, too. Yep, and a Manhattan does not have club soda. No, a Manhattan should never <laughs> Speaking of drinking, when we were at Animal Kingdom that morning, which I mentioned to you, I was feeling sick. I was exhausted. The heat was unbearable. I ended up after the safari ride before we left, I went to a, a food cart and I said, can I get water? I was like, I was about to pass out. I said, can I get a bottle of water? So I buy the bottle of water. The guy behind me says to the worker, the guy's not sweating at all. He goes, can I get a Heineken? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, man. Well, he what is wrong? <laughs> it amazes me. Like, cause obviously, you know, you drink in the heat. It's supposed to really get, get you down. But I'm, I'm about to collapse. If I don't get one sip of water, the guy behind me is getting a Heineken. I need some water. I'm getting a Heineken. That was... <laughs> it's not that different. <laughs> no. But those were our Disney Springs meals. I may be leaving out maybe one of the dinners that I just can't remember offhand. But uh, other meals on property that I enjoyed. We love Boma for breakfast over at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. We went there. actually went there twice over the course of our trip. It's, for me, as a breakfast buffet guy, it may be my favorite breakfast buffet that I've ever been to. Uh, also got to give a shout out to the JW Marriott Breakfast Buffet. That was really good as well, although it doesn't make sense to travel there from Disney. Only I would go there if you're staying at the JW. Uh, but sure. uh, Boma's tremendous. What I like about it is that you get the traditional breakfast dishes like scrambled eggs, bacon, potatoes, all that good stuff. But you also have unique dishes to that hotel with an African flair. Um and some unique dishes that have nothing to do with Africa, like French toast bread pudding. I don't know if you guys have tried that. I have. It is something yes. else. It we is. Had, we had breakfast I, well, there last month. It was great. Well, right. And that's right. what's interesting. I have ne- I have been to Boma probably half a dozen times, never for breakfast. It's always been for dinner. Right. So I, I hear people raving about the Boma breakfast. You know, people that stay at Animal Kingdom Lodge, um, yes. even make the mile walk over from Kidani Village. Um, to have their their breakfast over Boma, and I've always been interested to see, you know, like what what, what is it about it? I mean, again, kind of, kind of like that African flair. You can get things that taste familiar, but you can get things that are very unfamiliar. Right. Um, so that's cool. 
Also, the goat cheese scrambled eggs they're known for, and they're delicious. Oh. Combination of that's very good. And then the uh, the final meal that I'll mention is another breakfast we had. We went over to Kona Cafe at the Polynesian. And uh, I had been there. This is probably my third or fourth time there for breakfast. I always liked it. I wasn't as crazy about it as other people had been. Uh, but I really enjoyed my breakfast this time around. We had the Polynesian egg platter, I think was the name of it. And it was kind of traditional, you know, scrambled eggs, potatoes, bacon, all that good stuff. But what it also came with, which was unique, was a cup of sliced fruit, which was extremely refreshing in the August weather. And they also include in there a muffin in the shape of Mickey ears. Uh, but it was just delicious and uh, gave you a good Instagrammable photo opportunity of your <laughs> breakfast, obviously. Do, do it for the gram, as they the say. Purple wall. You got to take it all the way over. <laughs> yeah. Now, That's now, right. did, that, did that platter include spam? Uh, oh. It did not include spam. Then it's not Polynesian. <laughs> but, False uh, advertising. Right. You should get coffee like there, though, because Paul and I are huge, huge fans of the coffee at Kona. Huge. So. Huge. What I had done, I, I watched this vlog online. I don't know if you guys watch it. Happiest Vlogs on Earth. They do. Uh, it's a couple that seems to go to Disney World every other week on vacation. Uh, and they had recommended getting going to Kona for breakfast. I always got coffee at Kona. But this time, what I, I did what they did on the vlog, which was I got a Kona-flavored iced coffee from the bar right outside the restaurant. And I took that oh, to go. Oh, interesting. Took that to go. And I must tell you, because it's so hot down there, even walking to my car in the parking lot, you're thirsty. So yeah. to have that iced coffee on me as we made our way to our next destination, I think we drove to Epcot that morning. It was nice. It was nice to have. Highly I, recommend. I probably would tell you, and Dean, uh, I think you might be in the same boat once again. Getting that iced coffee, it would probably be gone by the time breakfast came. Right. So I would get the iced coffee, order my breakfast with the French press. Yes. Kona. Right. It's And... Uh, I'm like you, Paul. You know, we love our coffee. We, we, oh, yeah. we have it all the time. And uh, Kona does have good coffee. The Kona Cafe. Very, it's a, it's a good quality, and uh, we like it a lot. So that's a good way to do it, too. One thing I've always experienced at Kona Breakfast, before we leave, the, uh, the server will come by and ask us if we want any of our beverages to go. Yeah. And that's whether we have orange juice, iced yes. tea, coffee, water, whatever. So other places, I haven't really experienced that on Disney property. But for some reason, at Kona, they've always done that. Yes. So I've I've taken the coffee to go just because you can. That's interesting. That's nice. I wonder if it's just because of the proximity of the monorail. Like if just people are like, oh, we're just going to stop in. Oh, we're going to catch the monorail. It could be. Oh, well, the monorail is Make it up. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. It may have just been something that, that started there and, and it survived there, whereas other places it, it just never got going. Right. It's because, you know, it's a more veteran restaurant, obviously, although changed a little bit over the years uh, but the resort's been there forever and, and that may just be a practice that carried on either way it's a uh, it's a good time now one one practice at disney parks that didn't carry on and maybe is kind of back but not the way it used to be is the old e-ticket night so e-ticket nights existed 20 years ago or so and, and you'd pay maybe five bucks i think it was maybe it went up to 10 right and you get those extra magic hours and then disney said nah we'll just give you extra magic hours and recently and as Scott previewed very early on in this show, six times now, he's taken advantage of the new version of the e-ticket, if you will. Right. So uh, I don't remember what the name of this thing is. It's what? After, after hour Hours Party. After Hours Party, yeah. The After Hours Party event starring Scotty Boy 4, because you've been there at the <laughs> time to be the featured player. Yes. Well, uh, 
it's a very interesting event to attend. And the six times that I've been there, they all kind of have a unique feel to them. You know, I remember guys going to the extra magic hours events over the years when staying at Disney property and really enjoying them because years ago, it seemed like you could get on any one of the attractions pretty easily, even the e-ticket type attractions. You may have to wait a little bit, but it never was too long. And it seems in recent years, as Disney has expanded their number of rooms, but not the number of theme parks, uh, that the wait times have gotten longer and longer. So the extra magic hours events were not what they used to be. Now, along came the after hours party events, and it's a completely different ballgame. What Disney does is sell a limited number of tickets to each of these events. No one knows for sure exactly what the capacity is, although I've seen the number 3,000 thrown around a bit online. That wow. They now, I don't I don't know if that's for real, but I have seen that number mentioned a few times. Even if it's double. I mean, that's right. the throughput of the Tomorrowland Transit Authority in two hours. Yeah, it's a, at the, no matter what it is, it's a very low number. My, my hunch is more in the on the lowest end would be 5 to 10. I don't think people realize how many people Magic Kingdom can, can eat, fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you will, right. um, even with even with some of the attractions closed down at these events, they there is enough capacity there that I, I'd be surprised if it was only three thousand. And not to jump ahead, but there is no fast pass during the event, correct? That is correct. So, so you've if... got nothing but people waiting in the line and then riding the ride. There's no, there's no merge point. There's no hanging out. <laughs> outside waiting for me to give them a cup of soup uh <laughs> nothing like that so here's the way it works if you buy a ticket to an after hours event and the prices range from i think 99 bucks if you're an annual pass holder to 125 per event if you're not and by the way the listeners that are considering it have to decide whether or not let's say they are annual pass holders if they want to spend an extra 125 or 99 dollars on the uh, event itself because there is an extra cost. But if you do have a ticket, they let you enter the park at 7 p.m. So uh, you get in at 7 p.m., and of course the parks are still crowded at 7 p.m. So to me, one of the drawbacks to the after-hours events is that even when the after-hours events technically start, which let's say is 9 p.m. at night, you still are dealing with crowds in the park that are left over from the regular operating hours. So what I have tended to do and I did this year at Animal Kingdom, was I got to the park around 8.15, and I actually rode one of the final Kilimanjaro Safari uh, vehicles of that day. And I did that closer to 9 o'clock, and then the park closed down for regular visitors. You would not be able to get on any of the attractions unless you showed your wristband, which indicated that you had purchased an after-hours ticket. Yeah, not not unlike the... uh christmas party or the halloween party where at some point you just get stymied because they won't even let you enter tomorrowland if you don't have a wristband that's right that, that's exactly right uh so uh, i guess if it's okay with you guys i'll begin by talking about the animal kingdom event because that's yeah. what i did most recently on this trip uh animal kingdom is technically speaking in my mind not as good as the magic kingdom for the after hours event uh, I've not been to Hollywood Studios for it, but the reason I say it's not as good is because the number of attractions available to ticket holders is just not as large. So if you have an after-hours ticket at Animal Kingdom, you're able to get on the Navi River Journey, Flights of Passage. Uh, you could get on Everest, Dinosaur, and the uh, – what's the name of the attraction at the, the Dino Land where you sp- – it's like the Dumbo equivalent but in Dino Land, the spinning attraction. Triceratops. 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 Triceratops.
Uh, and it, it's the number of attractions available at the Magic King, for example, is oh, maybe yeah. triple that. Uh, so the uh, the benefit to Animal Kingdom in terms of doing it is that you don't have to wait for the flight of passage attraction. You're able to get on with little to no wait. I probably waited about 15, 20 minutes for my experience. Now, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast here, I was at Animal Kingdom during the day once, and I got there around 9 o'clock, give or take. There was an extra magic hours morning there, and the wait for Flight of Passage was two and a half hours at that time. Yeah. yeah. So you buy the after hours ticket, you know you're guaranteed, unless there's some malfunction on the attraction, you're guaranteed to get on with a wait that is very unlikely to exceed, let's say, a half an hour. Yep. And uh, that alone for me and for many others is worth the price of admission just to have that experience uh now that being said having been there a bunch of times i actually on this trip i didn't even ride it more than once by choice i could have ridden it three times if i wanted to but i don't want to overdo the attraction if that makes any sense yep uh but i uh, went on the navi river journey which is a walk-on no wait at all dinosaur same thing although you have to sit and or not sit but stand and watch the fleecer rashad uh introductory film which has Hello not held up well. There. Hey, hey, yes. hey, hey! That's a good film. <laughs> it's a good film. It's just a, it's a little dated, I guess. That's uh... it messes with the homing beacon, and that's not good. <laughs> right, right. Um, and Triceratops Spin was. Uh, I went on that as well. It was with my brother. He joined me that night, and uh, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I know that we, uh, we they had a DJ playing music, and it was a uh, nice to get the breeze by spinning around on that. Uh, Animal Kingdom, you also have a great viewing opportunity for the projection show over at the Tree of Life. You're able to uh, see whatever they do in terms of the, I forget what the film is. When I saw it, it was uh, footage from The Lion King and Bambi and a couple of other attractions, which was really nice. Uh, Now, at all of the After Hours events, it includes for free, and I'm kind of making a quotation mark thing in the air when I say... Included in your admission. Included in your admission is soda water, ice cream, and fruit bars. So they have stands set up throughout the property and there's and popcorn. It includes popcorn as well. And you're able to go there and there's workers and you just say, oh, I want a Coke, I want a water, and they just give it to you. Uh, you have your choice of the Mickey ice cream bar, the Mickey ice cream sandwich. And over in Pandora, you have access to some of the Pandora-themed fruits that they, fruit bars that they sell. Uh, and it's included in the price. Uh, That's benef- where we would lose Dean's son. He would just be standing there <laughs> going through fruit bar after fruit bar after fruit bar. Don't worry, Dad. I'll make you proud. $125 <laughs> worth of fruit bar coming up. He keeps you know his it? sticks on a necklace and he wears it around. <laughs> you know what? I, I think that you, you know you get your money's worth for that, yes. right? Well, you know, it's funny. I'm thinking about the whole money's worth, and I hate to index like one Disney thing versus another because yeah. it's not a it's not a baseline comparison. But it's it's I'm going to do it anyway. I paid fifty bucks a person for us to add on three fast passes, which, as I chronicled, we didn't even use. Right. You're paying a hundred bucks a person for not fast pass, but essentially as quick an attraction load as fast pass for as many as you can fit for however many hours you feel like staying right plus all the fruit bars you want to eat right it's not you know it it, depending on where you want to accept the baseline value it's not outrageous that and how how late do you get to stay uh it depends on the night but this night it was nine to twelve nine to twelve so you're in at seven so it's, it's like a party it's like a christmas party or a halloween party you're getting five hours 
three of which should have much lower wait time attractions, plus some snacks and beverages. Right. Again, I can't tell you it's a good value, but depending on where your baseline is, it's not horrendous. And obviously, yeah. they're selling enough that they continue to do it, and you enjoy it enough that you've done it six times. Yes, I, I, I definitely, to me, if there's a... Look, I'm going to be down there in January of 2020 for work. I already saw that the Magic Kingdom is having an after-hours event that week, and no doubt about it, I'll be there. I don't. Ha I wouldn't hesitate for a second to go, uh, just because of that walk-on ability, the attractions, the ability to, to get right on there with little to no wait. For me, personally speaking, is worth the cost. I well, get like I had asked Orlando. before, you know, uh, if you had wa uh, water parks on your vacation, I could see a couple situations where you couple this with a water park day, right? Or you have a nice break in between where you can go back, you change, shower, maybe have a nice dinner someplace, and then you go to the after-hours event. That makes for a fantastic day. And one of the episodes we had had early on is short trips. Right. You have, like, maybe a day, one whole full day at, at Walt Disney World. That might be a way that you can make it kind of worth your while. Rather than pay 125 to get into the Magic Kingdom with everybody else, you pay 125 to get in the Magic Kingdom at night when it's cooler right. and with minimal weights. Yes. Uh, I, to me, I think that's definitely something that people have to work into their trip planning uh, to do an analysis. Maybe, OK, we'll we'll get one less day on the park, uh, the park ticket, but we'll get an after hours ticket so that we'll be guaranteed to get on something. Again, it's just those earlier hours in the after hours evening, sure. you know, so even at nine o'clock when the after hours event technically begins, you still have the crowds left over from the regular hours, which you have to deal with. Um, now, with all that being said at Animal Kingdom, I have to tell you, I really love the Magic Kingdom After Hours experience because there you have so many attractions that are open. Uh, you have Dumbo, Peter Pan, It's a Small World, Haunted Mansion, Splash Mountain, Th Big Thunder Railroad, uh, People Mover, uh, Buzz Lightyear, uh, the Teacups. Uh, and that alone right there to me is worth the cost of admission and yeah. to just just get right on these things uh, fill our magic not that there's ever really a long wait for that but it's a mine train mine train is also available now last time i was there i didn't do the mine train but my brother and my friend matt did and they waited no more than i think it was 25 minutes was the most they waited for mine train and that was by by far the biggest wait of the night nothing even came close to that uh, so you have those opportunities plus you have the photo opportunities not just at Magic Kingdom, but at Animal Kingdom, if you're there, that are inherent in being in the park when it's not crowded. So you no doubt will have opportunities to snap photos or videos where it can look like you are literally the only person in the park. Yeah. And that, and that is priceless. Over at the uh, on the YouTube page of the Stuff We Love podcast, you could see a video I took at a Magic Kingdom After Hours event of the Kiss Goodnight over at Cinderella's Castle. And I'm right up there. Not many other people in the camera shot. Maybe nobody, actually. I don't remember. Uh, but you have those viewing opportunities and filming opportunities that you're not going to get if you're at Happily Ever After Fireworks show and it's 9 o'clock at night and there's a gazillion people around you. You're just not going to get that. Uh, so for photo and video opportunities, plus Pandora at Animal Kingdom, you oh. know, the uh, to have those opportunities. The one thing I'll mention there, not that I'm an expert in photography because I'm not, but if you have a good camera, Make sure you bring that for the nighttime photography at Pandora. I've always found my iPhone to be insufficient in terms of photos at night at Pandora. You don't capture the light the same way. That's just my personal experience and a tip for people going to the after hours event that are interested in photography. Um, 
But uh, Magic Kingdom, I love. I, I really enjoy it. It's a unique opportunity to be there and to leave and be one of the only people on Main Street when you head out. You're not, it's a priceless thing. You, to me, it's worth the money. Uh, like I said earlier, I've not been to Hollywood Studios for an After Hours event, but I imagine it's probably the same thing to get on Slinky Dog with what most likely is not more than a 25-minute wait. You can't beat that. Well, I not know that, but now Smuggler's Run is going to be open to the public in, what, seven days from the seven time days. we're recording? Yes. So, yes. yeah, I mean, adding that to the mix, I mean, I, and I would, I would imagine that the people that would do the After Hours event after the opening of Galaxy's Edge, majority of people are going to be over there. So you talk about Slinky might have no weight. It might right. be a walk-on. You could just stay on there. Yeah, and that and that's not even counting great attractions like Tower Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster. Right, those are available. You know, on a previous trip to Animal Kingdom for After Hours, I was on Dinosaur, and we went on the ride. The ride ended, the attraction ended, and the worker there said, hey, you just want to stay on and go on again? So it's that type of thing which you'll get. Yeah. That happened on Terror Top Spin. We were able to just ride it twice without even getting off because so few people were there. And, and that goes back to when Extra Magic Hour evenings were three hours and it would take you until one o'clock or three o'clock in the morning, depending on right. the time of, of, uh, of your visit. Um, we would get on Big Thunder. I remember riding five times in a row because there yes. was literally no one in the queue. There was nobody yes. in the queue. Paul, Those... you think launch bay is open uh, during, the, during this? Well, that's what I was going to ask. Scott, like, uh, you know, you talked about there's free food, but what um, what else is open and not rides? Are there restaurants available? Like, could you go to Columbia Harbor House and get some soup if you wanted soup? I am 99% positive the answer is no, that the okay. restaurants themselves are not open. Uh, it's only the stands, the food stands that are open, the carts for okay, the popcorn so it, and those I mean, things. It, not that you necessarily want to spend 125 to go sit at Columbia Harbor House. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, <laughs> I, you could. People, people have paid for the Halloween party just to go to the castle for that villains event they had. I mean, so. it's it, not for nothing. I actually would not mind. It would be a great evening to have a late reservation for Tiffins and yeah. then saunter out to an empty Pandora. There's something. There's something to be said for that. There really is. Uh, now, you guys have mentioned the Halloween party. I'm going to be at a Halloween party at the Magic Kingdom in uh, October. So I'll we give may an update. have you back. <laughs> Happy to do it. Happy to do it. Uh, I, I but may I, hit you up for the card that they give out on Main Street. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you guys need, I'll, 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 I'll try my best. But um, I've been to the Halloween party now three times, and I love it. To me, it's kind of like a Halloween season tradition, which I enjoy. Uh, but... You're paying a ticket. You're paying for a ticket to go to that event, and the wait times for the attractions they're less than they normally would be, but it still is a big wait to get on Mine Train. Yeah. Uh, it's not a walk-on like the After Hours event is. To me, if your interest is on getting on the attractions and you don't care that much about the parade or the Halloween-themed fireworks show, yeah. you're going to get better value for your money at the After Hours event in terms of getting on the attractions than you would at the Halloween party. I've never been to the Christmas party, but I suspect it's the same thing. It's some, yeah, yeah. And, and that was going to be my, my advice, exactly like you said. Um, because they do run the parade two times, right. if your whole focus is to get on rides, go during the parade, definitely the first parade, and go during the fireworks. Um, you know, typically what we'll do, uh, my wife likes to ride Space Mountain during mm -hmm. the parties. And it, it and it's true, you know, you go from dark and then it goes into the dark. So, you know, it's kind of a neat thing to do that, but but we will typically be on the Tomorrowland side of the hub 
parade goes by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, turn around. Go. Right. <laughs> Space Mountain. Um, and then we'll ride the TTA. You know, it, it just because it's a nice it's a nice thing to do. And there's never a way in the TTA. Definitely not during the park. Right. Uh, but but you're 100 percent right. Um, for the most part, the attractions will still have a 10 to I'd, I'd say on average a 10 to 15, maybe even 20 minute wait. Right. Um, with the exception of the ones that have like the heavy fast pass, you know, like the Pirates queue. You, again, you don't have that merge point, so it is a lot easier to ride Pirates when you don't have to hold the line uh, to let fast pass fast pass people go in. Right. That's very true. Uh, I, I what I have done. For the Halloween party, for example, is I'll book a fast pass for when the park is open during the normal hours, and then for the party itself, I just get on the uh, the attractions the regular way. Yeah. So, but how that, about that, uh, how about characters? Are, are the character meets still available, particularly I guess at Magic Kingdom, but either park. Uh, that kind of closed down too. I'm I know that at the Magic Kingdom they have the Cinderella and Elena meet. That's open. Hmm. Um, is that a Fairy Tale Hall? Yes, at Fairy okay. Tale Hall. Over at Town Square, I don't know if they have the Mickey Mouse uh, meet and greet and the Tinkerbell meet and greet. I don't know if that's open, but Cinderella and Elena are open. Animal Kingdom, I don't know offhand. I don't think so, but don't quote it's me on that. It's that random Tigger over by Donald's Restaurant <laughs> That's right. Just standing there because, you know, Restaurant is closed. <laughs> someone, get that, someone get that character a, cu- a cup of soup. Yeah, right? Need soup. But yeah, those are the After Hours events. I really do recommend uh, them tremendously. And if anybody, uh, any of your listeners are interested in learning more, they can always reach me uh, on Twitter, ScottyBoy14. As you mentioned earlier, I'm happy to uh, answer any questions you or your listeners may have. Was there anything else you wanted to uh, add about this trip? Uh, No, I think I pretty much covered everything. Uh, The Disney Spring stuff, I covered that. Um, the trap. Yeah, I think we got it. Any, any new right, snacks? Any, any yeah. new snacks yet? We, in, you know, it's interesting because we intended to try a bunch of the snacks. You know, we watch all these YouTube videos showing the most recent snacks. But when you're there and you're dripped in sweat and it's <laughs> just you're hot, the thought of having some of the snacks, like, it's sickening. So because no, I, so many of the snacks are at the theme parks, we didn't have that many. No, I completely uh-huh. agree. We did the same thing in July. We had heard about some more snacks or some small bites we planned on trying. And you're just so hot. You just want another bottle of water. Right. And then yeah. like to go sit down and have a meal, either quick serve or table service, just to get out of the heat. So we're in the Not same everything place. is Red's Revenge. Which apparently might be gone. What? what? Already? I, I, someone, I think it was Amy that actually shared that like they have a, a, a soft serve cone there now. Oh, I don't know that's if it's right. An, if it's in addition to the lineup, it'd be pretty easy to do. It's the same soft serve, but uh, um, they had like a little uh, rainbow Mickey chocolate on there, which is an improvement over the Red's Revenge. We'll just pretend it was a pirate hat chocolate. Uh, yeah, it's a tri-corner hat. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I never had that. Never had that. It was good. It was good. I find myself having more snacks at the Halloween party than I do during a hot summer day. I that think makes that sense. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes total sense. But, uh, you know, you mentioned your Twitter account. Where else can people reach out to you if they have any questions? Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, I also, uh, as, as I think Dee mentioned earlier in the episode here, I do have a podcast as well. It's called Stuff We Love Podcast. It's me. It's my, my friend Joe. My brother Neil's on there and uh, my friend Jack. And we cover, as the name suggests, Stuff We Love, which include a lot of theme park stuff. We talk Disney. We talk Universal on there. 
but we also talk uh, movies, music, TV, sports, video games, kind of a whole uh, mixture of different topics. And we're coming up on our second season. We took a little bit of a break towards the end of this summer. And in season two, we're going to have on uh, lots of guests and cover all the stuff that's going on related to the theme parks, the stuff that they will be announcing at D23 in the next couple of days, and uh, cover the upcoming movies and all that good stuff. So uh, even though you guys are the good stuff. I say, hey, don't, don't steal our tagline. No, I'm not stealing a tagline. You are the good stuff. <laughs> You, you are the good stuff. We are... Like episode 9 coming out in four months? I'm, I'm sure you have an episode on that. <laughs> episode 9. Oh, you mean talk, wait, Star Wars? Yeah, you must talk Star Wars on your oh, podcast. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, we, we talk Star Wars all the time. Um, I'll probably be the first host to be in Galaxy's Edge because I'm going to be down in, in Florida for work in November and I'm taking a day to be at Galaxy's Edge. So I'll be reporting oh, nice. on that. And... Uh, I'll also be uh, covering, along with the other hosts, the uh, upcoming Star Wars film. And we got a lot of movie stuff. We got that recent news about Spider-Man and what that yes. means to the uh, not being in the Marvel franchise anymore, which is tremendous uh, for those which that watch. Which might still movies. be in flux. Not sure. If, not sure if that's set in stone yet. Interesting developments there. I'm not sure. I agree with you. I, I think we may see changes on that. And, you know, for me personally, I, anybody that goes to my Twitter account, I actually made a very controversial statement on my podcast that I made again on Twitter, which is that I am looking forward more to the Disney Plus streaming service than I am to Galaxy's Edge. Whoa. I don't think that's controversial. Well, but given his reason. I, I thought you were going to say Tobey Maguire was a better Spider-Man. No, uh, that, no. Well, that's that's just silly. That's not <laughs> no, no, no. Tobey is not the better Spider-Man. But uh, the reason I said that, and by the way, of course, I'm looking forward to Galaxy's Edge. I'm very excited for it. But I'm there. You know, I'm going to be there one day a year, two days a year. You know, it's not like I'm going to be there that much. Uh, whereas Disney Plus, we could be using multiple times every week. And for that alone, you know, I'm not a Florida resident. I'm not... You know, many of my friends who are Florida residents, they're always going to the parks, and I'm happy for them, and that's great. But for me, while I'm excited for Galaxy's Edge, if I'm there a couple of days a year versus using Disney Plus every week, to me, that just it, it plays more of a role in my life than Galaxy's Edge. I mean, it makes sense to me. And plus, I'm excited for the original series, and I like the idea of having all of the Disney animated films in one place. I hope they have a lot of the 1990s Disney Channel programming. You guys remember Kids Incorporated from the 90s oh, yes. on the Disney Channel and uh, Mickey Mouse. Um, uh, the Mickey, uh, not Mickey Mouse. Uh, brain Freeze. Not, not Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Mickey, Mickey Mouse Club. Mickey Mouse Club. Club. <laughs> Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> yeah, I'm really hey, excited. Come inside. For the it's fun Mickey inside. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like uh, Scott. That's um, that's a little young. <laughs> yes, yeah, not not Mickey Mouse Club. It's Mickey Mouse Club plus. I am very glad that Disney announced that package deal with Hulu and ESPN yes. Plus, both of which I subscribe to now. So yeah, for I'm, I'm an ESPN month, Plus subscriber. Yeah, I'm an ESPN Plus subscriber. So yeah, same same here. It's it's great. So I'm very excited about that. We'll be covering that on stuff we love as well. So subscribe to us. But first, make sure you listen to all the butter and bacon. Catch up on all the episodes here, and then come over to stuff we love. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, the stuff we love. That is the good stuff. Thank you. This has been the good stuff. Thank you for listening to Butter and Bacon.
Bertrand's trip planning services and expertise, please contact Becca via email at Becca at AdventuresOutThereTravel.com, on Twitter at AIOT Travel, or visit our website, AdventuresOutThereTravel.com, where you can get more information, read our blog, subscribe to our newsletter, and request a quote. Let them know Butter and Bacon sent you. You can follow Butter and Bacon on Twitter at Butter and Bacon on Instagram as Butter and Bacon Podcast. And please contact us via email at butterandbaconpodcast at gmail.com. To get the good stuff delivered hot and fresh, please subscribe to Butter and Bacon in your podcast app of choice. My dearest listener, it is with deepest pride and greatest pleasure that we welcome you tonight. And now we invite you to relax. Let us pull up a chair as Bert et Bacon proudly presents your outtakes. Hey! Hey! I will not have this on while I'm driving. (laughs) That might be uh, illegal, I don't know. Uh, Well, not if I put it like here, but it's really boring. Yeah, your audio stinks down there, too. Yeah, I know, because it's on the phone. I'm going to unplug it from the plug and plug it into my headset. Yeah. This is like you're a news reporter. Live oh, look at, we can there see we the car stuff. Oh, the, the There's parking some Long lot. Island. Andrew, hey! Oh, hey, Andrew! It's like you're one of those news reporters that's traveling the country on a political story and like you broadcast from the car. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's every weather guy now in the Northeast when there's the <laughs> three-inch snowstorm. That's right. Live from the mobile newsroom, Yo, Paul NJ. I listened to one of our first episodes where yeah. you figured out how to do the adding people to calls. It uh-huh. seems to be a running theme. In the outtakes, you yay, you you yayed yourself and then said, "I can fire the tech guy." <laughs> <laughs> like i totally forgot we called becca the tech guy that's funny (laughs) she was the tech guy though when you guys listen to podcasts do you listen at regular speed or do you do faster speed depends on the show yeah it does depend on the show it also depends on whether or not i'm a lot of episodes behind right right uh like as an example um on my ride out to long island today i listened to the last two episodes of um 3028 at normal speed right um and now i'm caught up but I had dropped back significantly on three o'clock radio. So I listened to them at um, two times speed. Right. See, I think they talk slow enough you can do it, though. <laughs> Very true. With I think Florida, if you tried Florida to put us on two times, yeah, if you tried to put us on two times speed, I'm not sure that would work. No, it's like listening to Matt Hochberg. Yeah, exactly. Well, again, another Northeast guy. So Yes. <laughs> From Connecticut. We, we talk fast up here. We tend That's to. the way we do it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so the waiting for your fast pass time. Yeah, waiting for your fast pass time outside of. Hey, Paul, you We're broke up for a second. Paul. Paul. It's down for the count. Yeah. yeah. There he is. There you are. Save right before the bell. Uh, oh, no, he's bad. Uh, Robot Paulie.
Paul, are you there? Dean? Paul? 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 <laughs> so what do we do in this situation? Yeah, we'll let him bounce back eventually. And we, we blame Long Island Internet. Dean? I'm, I'm here. I was waiting for Paul to sign us up. No, I was uh, I was <laughs> waiting for that dump truck to go by because, holy sorry, crow, that's making noise. No, that's fine. Jingle bell, jingle, bam!